Texas Tech has put themselves in firm position of third place in the Big 12. We're about midway through the conference slate, and we're here to take a look around the conference and see how everyone else is doing. That's coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst, writer, and podcaster. To all you in Red Raider Nation, I hope you've gotten a couple of good nights of sleep. You've recovered from the absolute mayhem that was February 1st. For those of you who are in Raiderville, I hope that you have enjoyed a good night's rest in your bed. And man, Texas Tech got a win that they desperately wanted against the Texas Longhorns, and they have put themselves in firm position at the top of the Big 12. And today, what we want to do is just take a quick look around. Obviously, y'all are busy people. You have work, you have school, you have responsibilities. You can't watch all college basketball all day. But Emory and I, we are lunatics, and we just eat college basketball whenever we can. And so we are here to provide our insight and our opinions on what the Big 12 is looking like right now. So we are going to rank, in our personal opinions, the 10 teams in the Big 12 from worst to last. We're going to divide them into three tiers, however many teams per tier we would like and starting with, of course, the bottom tier. And as the worst team in the Big 12 right now, it's Kansas State. I was going to say West Virginia, but... Yeah, so I think it's Kansas State right now. It's close, and I think that it's actually going to flip within the next few days. Um, With Taz Sherman going down, um, I think he's got like a concussion right now or something. He's got a really weird head injury, but... With him out, I can definitely see the, those two teams flipping. But, yeah, my, my bottom two by, by quite a far margin is is Kansas State and West Virginia. Yeah, I think the thing for me is West Virginia has lost their last six in a row. And really, like, they haven't looked particularly great in any of them. And obviously, they've kept a few games close. But for me, it's just it was the same thing that we mentioned as to what do they do well. And... They're really not a great defensive team compared to the rest of the Big 12. Offensively, outside of Taz Sherman having a couple of magnificent games, they haven't really shown a whole lot of spark there. And it's just like, if I'm looking at them in Kansas State, and I agree, it's a real close battle between the two for bottom of the conference. But with Kansas State, I can say that Nigel Pack, Mark Smith, and to some degree occasionally Mike McGraw, those guys are all good shot creators and good shot makers. And especially with Nigel Pack, he's probably one of the best overall three-point shooters in the conference and as a general rule the rest of the roster defends pretty decently so I think that that sort of high-end shot making upside that they have from the guards is just enough to lift, lift them up and I feel like in terms of upsets and just pure competitiveness they've played as close as anyone almost upsetting Kansas obviously they beat Tech they beat Texas and I just think that has to account for something but at the end of the day I'm not going to lose any sleep over people that think that Kansas State is worse than West Virginia or vice versa because I think they're both clearly in the bottom tier, but both of them 
have arguments between the two of them as to which one would have been better. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State, they definitely have the players. Like you mentioned, they've got really good shot makers. They've competed. They've got three really good wins on their schedule. And so you got to give them some respect. I, I respect your opinion. I think it's a good one. Um, and man, West Virginia is, is not, things are not going to get easier anytime soon with really their, their best player by a far margin going down. But that's who you've got 10th and 9th. How many other teams do you have in your bottom tier and who are they? I've just got one more, and that would be Oklahoma State, actually. I think it's yeah a little bit surprising to have them that low. Certainly coming into the season, I would have expected them to be in the 4th to 7th range, but I just think that offensively they have struggled to find any sort of identity. I mean, some of that's down to individual struggles. Certainly Avery Anderson has struggled throughout the season, and then Bryce Thompson has come on a little bit lately, but certainly – those guys haven't really carried the weight that you would expect them to coming into the season. And again, I mean, they've been competitive. I think everyone in this conference has been competitive for the most part, but it's just haven't found ways to consistently get the offense going and down the stretch of games. They've just had some brutal, brutal losses. I mean, the Texas game, just not getting anything going offensively, losing to West Virginia in a real ugly fashion. It's just been a theme for them throughout the conference season. And I mean, they've had their highs, certainly. The first game against Texas was a huge victory, but it just seems like for yet another year, Mike Boyan just can't quite put everything together at Oklahoma State. And this sucks because I think this is a really talented team, but they just haven't been able to get everything going for them. Yeah, it's a really interesting team. I have them seventh as well because there are guys on this team that that are good basketball players, Um, guys like Avery Anderson, guys like Bryce Thompson, the Boone Twins. Musa Cisse, like they've got dudes, but like you mentioned, it just hasn't come together. And I was kind of low on this team in the offseason. I, I, I don't trust Avery Anderson as a primary ball handler. I didn't really like their spacing ability. That's panned out pretty well. Um, I didn't like um, really, really anything outside of Anderson offensively. I thought they had a lot of athleticism and a lot of length, but it was just difficult to see where they would get points from, and, and they're really struggling in that department. And I think that right now there's there's an argument for them being probably worse than Kansas State just based on their roster. Like right now, if I took one of these two teams to make a run over the next few weeks and really try and catapult themselves up in the standings, it would be Kansas State by a wide margin. I mean, this team, I just don't know if Oklahoma State really has the pieces um, their length and their athleticism has has done them a lot of good on the defensive end, but offensively, I just I really don't think that there's enough there. Oklahoma State has a lot of 2020 Virginia similarities to me, and not in terms of the style of play per se, but in the fact that they've got the talent defensively to keep them in just about every single game that they play. And this is a defense that can really can make life miserable and they can play against guard heavy teams and big heavy teams. That's one of the biggest strengths that they have. And it's one of the few things where I look at them compared to the rest of the conference. I would say that they're generally one of the two to second, third, fourth, most versatile teams in the big 12, but offensively, they just don't have the firepower. And I agree with you. I think Kansas state's more likely to write the ship and become a go on a run, win some of those big games, just because they have, the shot making ability. They have a Nigel Pack who can go through one of those hot streaks and drop 20, 22 a night. And so you have that sort of firepower for Kansas State, and you just don't quite have it for Oklahoma State. But I think that certainly their bottom end is probably a bit better than K State or West Virginia's, even if they don't really have the upside of either of those two teams. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And, man, I'm interested to see what continues to happen with Oklahoma State basketball. I mean, Mike Boynton hasn't hasn't been great on court success. Obviously, a guy that is really, really beloved in that program, and for good reason. He's a good coach. He knows how to recruit. Um, I think he's got good X's and O's, but you're just you're just kind of waiting for it to all come together for a whole season um, when you obviously, you know, don't have the best college prospect in a couple of years. But I want to move into our middle tiers, but first a word from our sponsors. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores, totals, playoff performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are running our Big 12 power rankings right now. Emory and I each had Kansas State, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State in our bottom tier. And now we move into the middle, which is a dense part of this conference because there are a lot of teams kind of teetering the line, trying to figure out where, where they play, where they can be, and... Um, rounding out the bottom of this list for me, I've got Iowa State, actually. I've got them sixth in the Big 12 right now. They are the bottom team in my middle tier. Um, I think they've just come come back to earth a little bit since their scorched earth start. Their defense is still very, very good. But offensively, I just I don't know if I trust anything outside of Brockington to really get it done on a night-in, night-out basis. And so... Man, I, I got to take Iowa State here as my sixth team in the Big 12, even though it feels a little bit dicey given their impressive start and what we've seen them do throughout the conference season. But overall, I just don't know if there's enough here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma as my seventh team. I think that coming into conference season, I would have had them right outside of the top four. But as of as of now, I mean, you look at them, they've lost six of the last seven games. And sure, I mean, the rest of their games have been against top tier borderline top tier teams which we'll get into in a minute but outside of that I mean they've also lost two games to TCU and I think that that's a huge black mark when you look at comparing them to the rest of this uh, slate just because the you know, Iowa State has had their moments this season where they've struggled certainly and I think that that's something that you kind of expected them to fall back to earth a little bit just because at the end of the day this is still a team that only won two games last year and while they brought in a lot of talent it's also a team full of transfers and a team full full of guys that are maybe limited offensively. And I mean, you just look at Oklahoma's struggles and I think that I don't think that it's necessarily a like chronicle or a chronic issue because certainly they've had a lot of close games in that stretch. They almost won against TCU the first time on the road, nearly knocked out Kansas at home. Then obviously they had the loss to TCU a couple of nights ago, but it's just they've kind of struggled to put games away. And I think that the offense has been sputtering a lot lately. And I just think that if you're looking at Oklahoma, you have to have to have them at the bottom of the mid tier, but certainly the start to the year that they had and the potential certainly would have them up towards the middle tier as opposed to being down with Oklahoma state, West Virginia and Kansas. 
Yeah, I've got I've got Oklahoma sixth. I believe I called Iowa State sixth. I meant to say seventh. Um, Oklahoma is my sixth ranked team right now. Um, I I feel like their their defense can be a little bit better. I feel like there's some some you know some positive growth room in there. They they have not been great this season, and I feel like that's just. That's Porter Moser's bread and butter, man. Like they, they've got to be a better defensive team at some point. But their offense has looked really, really good. Um, I think that that's something that can really help propel them throughout the conference season and as the stretch winds down. So is Oklahoma your sixteenth? Is that what you said, or do you have somebody below them? Well, I have Oklahoma at seventh, and then I have Iowa State. Yeah, I have Iowa State at sixth, and I think Iowa State is close with me with TCU, which is my fifth team. Um, I think the difference here is that I feel like TCU's come on really strong as of late, and certainly their analytical profile doesn't necessarily show them as being a team that's better than Iowa State or Oklahoma. And I think a lot of that has to do with how they did at the start of the season. If you look at Bartovic, they were outside of the top 80 for a good portion of the first half of the non-conference slate. And if you look at how they've been playing recently, I mean, four and three to start conference play, and beyond that, they played Baylor really close, and they had one real close road loss to Oklahoma State. But aside from that, you obviously had the embarrassment against Texas, which is probably the one like black mark on their resume. But this is a team that has defended really well, and that's something that's maybe caught people by surprise. Certainly, they have the personnel to be really good on defense. You've got Damian Ball, you've got you've got Micah PV, you've got O'Bannon, you've got all of these guys that are really good versatile lengthy defenders and maybe the most athletic team in the conference but i think tcu's been maybe the surprise of the year to be firmly into this middle tier of the big 12 i don't know if it's going to be enough to get them into the tournament they've been prone to some late season collapses as of late and i'm not sure if that is something that's going to continue onwards certainly they have a pretty backloaded schedule but i mean i've liked what i've seen from tcu and i think that Obviously, with Iowa State, it's a little bit more. They've regressed some since the beginning of the season. With TCU, I think they've gotten stronger. And certainly the defense especially has really picked up as of late. Yeah, I've kind of fallen in love with this TCU team. I mean, just in terms of a analytic and play style perspective, like they're a really, really interesting team. They're super athletic. They're really lengthy. They can play really good defense. Um, and aside from that Texas game where they just got smothered, I I I think that they've looked really good this season. So I actually have them fourth, and fifth I have the team that Texas Tech just defeated, which is Texas. And the reason that I have Texas below TCU right now, which might sound kind of backwards, I know that Texas just destroyed TCU a couple of weeks ago, but I think that there's just not enough. Like in terms of Texas's offense, until they can figure out how to consistently win games outside of Timmy Allen I just don't know if I buy into this team like the defense is good I know the defense is good but Texas Tech just scored 77 against him like it was nothing if if their offense does not find ways to score outside of Timmy Allen it's it's just going to be really tough for them to win games and I mean right now if I'm banking and I'm hanging my hat on a team between TCU and Texas I'm going TCU and I'm trusting Mike Miles and the rest of that offense to to perform better and to be lengthier and more aggressive than, than Texas is right now. And I don't know, man. I, I know that Texas has a far better record. I know that they've analytically done a lot of better things, but just based on their schedule and, and where TCU has played, 
I don't know. I I just I buy TCU over the Longhorns right now. Call me crazy. Man, I I have to say a team that lost by 23 to another team being ranked behind them just a week after that happened is a little bit strange. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from because certainly the offensive talent and fit for Texas is a huge red flag in terms of projecting them going forward. Uh, and certainly TCU has really a lot of raw talent on that roster that I'm not sure people realize because I mean, Mike Miles is one of the best shot creators in the Big 12 and in the nation, really. And he's been dealing with an injury as of late, but he's still supremely talented. And even though the field goal percentage and three-point percentage, his shooting hasn't really backed up that. You still have to look for that down the stretch in conference play to be something that they look at. I think the one concern I have with TCU is their perimeter shooting is not good at all. And especially when Miles is limited, obviously they've got Farabello, but he's been kind of limited this season just because he's not as good of a defensive threat as other guys in the roster. And then the rest of the rotation outside of Chuck O'Bannon really is not a positive, aren't positive shooters at all. So it's a little bit of the same issues that I feel like we've seen throughout conference play, especially looking at a team like Iowa state where they've struggled at times to shoot from three. And obviously that's the sort of team that a team like tech has had a lot of success against, but for TCU, I mean, their defensive versatility is really impressive. And just in general, they have so many different guys that are switchable. And I feel like so far this conference season, outside of that one Texas game, they've played pretty much flawlessly. But I have them in fifth. I have Texas in fourth. And I think that, for me, Texas is a real conundrum. Because on one hand, the analytics have them pretty close to being a top-tier team. They're a top 20, both Kim Palm and Bartrovic. They've really, in some ways, their offense has been better than people have thought throughout the season. They've played close in pretty much every game outside of the tech game um, they're coming off probably one of the best stretches they've had all season certainly wins over tennessee and tcu and outside of maybe a few minutes against seton hall and obviously against tech which it, some people can't really blame them they've had pretty much good basketball throughout the year and have looked like a top 20 team but at the end of the day you still have to look at it like the results haven't been there they're still a team that's lost to kansas state they've lost to oklahoma state They've struggled on offense for five, six-minute stretches, and that's cost them games. It cost them against Seton Hall. It cost them against Kansas State. So I have them in fourth. I think they're closer to being a top-tier team than a lot of people realize, especially in the Tech fan base. But I just I have to put them above the rest of the mid-tier teams just because analytically they look superior. And I think at least compared to Oklahoma and Iowa State, they have a superior resume so far in Big 12 play. And I just can't put them up below TCU after they just absolutely dominated TCU in their own building. I get it. It's good rationale. I'm just a hot take factory today, I guess. And, man, I feel like I've got some more coming up in our next segment where we round out the top of the Big 12. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon cash back or more on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. 
Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are here power ranking the Big 12. We are rounding out the top with our top three teams. And, man, feels like a hot take. I'm going to do it anyways. I've got Baylor third. Man, I mean, I can see that because current form, they have not looked good the last couple of weeks, but I'm not going to go that far. I think I'm going to put Kansas third. You look at outside of a couple really, really like outlier games on their end, they've looked like a team that's played literally everyone close. And sure, they had they didn't have a Baji last night or two nights ago at this point. And then they also have had wins over Tech and pulled out close games throughout conference play. But this is a team that if you're looking at the top teams in the Big 12, both Baylor and Texas Tech have had games throughout conference play where they've looked like a team that should be top of the conference. And for Kansas, they just lost to Kentucky in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It took them two overtimes to beat Tech in a game where Agbaji had probably the best game of his life. And you just look at their wins. And against Oklahoma and Kansas State, it went down right to the wire. Against Iowa State, they barely won at home. Against Oklahoma State, it was a little bit more comfortable, but it still wasn't one that they really like excelled in. And then obviously they lost to Tech in Lubbock. And even this last win against Iowa State, they were able to pull it out without Ibachi, which was certainly impressive. But, I mean, you're talking about the best of the best here. And I think Kansas is clearly clear of the rest of the conference. But, I mean, both Tech and Baylor have had highs this season that I just don't think Kansas has been able to match. Man, does that mean that you're going to have a hotter take than me? Do you have Baylor second? Yes, I have Baylor second. You absolute madman. Okay, tell me why. All right, hear me out on this. So Baylor has had games this season in which they have easily looked like the best team in the conference. They've had a win over Villanova, which Villanova could not get anything going offensively, which if you know Jay Wright, that's one of the most impressive things you can do in college basketball. So a completely stifle of Jay Wright offense. You have their win over Michigan State. But then in conference play, they've looked pretty mortal. And I just mentioned how Kansas has been in a lot of close games. I think Baylor had a stretch for the last about two weeks ago where they kind of righted the ship after losses to Tech and Oklahoma State. And they looked like they were back to being in business. I mean, you had the win went over West Virginia, went over Oklahoma, went over Kansas State. Two of those three were pretty comfortable. The West Virginia game was kind of touch and go for a bit. And then they lost to Alabama over the weekend. And not only that, they got comfortably beaten in that one. It wasn't one where the score was um, or was down to the last minute or anything like that. Alabama consistently had their number and stayed ahead throughout the game. And then against, against – uh, excuse me – Against West Virginia early in the week, they were fortunate not to lose that one because Taj Sherman got injured late in the game after he'd already put put up 26. Controversial call there as a no call. Somehow got elbowed in the jaw or whatever it was and did not get a single any sort of call there. But if you look at Baylor's resume, they've had the peaks to be the best team in the conference. And it took a really big effort from Tech to be able to beat them. But looking at it objectively, Tech's been arguably better in conference play. They beat Baylor head-to-head on the road. They've had more dominant wins, certainly against Texas at home. The win against Kansas was pretty comfortable. And then obviously beating Oklahoma State and Iowa State in beatdowns. Like, for me, Tech's been the most dominant team. Now, do I think they're the best team? And going forward, I don't know. I think Baylor's 
Baylor's guards make that really difficult to project, but so far in conference play, even though Tech is third in terms of record, I think they have a good argument to being better on paper than what Kansas and Baylor have put together. Man, you are you are a madman, and I love it. I love that take. I love Texas Tech at the top, man. That is that is gold. I, I really enjoy that. So to recap, I've got Baylor third primarily because I'm a little bit worried about their defense and the recent stretch that they've been in. It really flexed its muscles against Oklahoma and Kansas State to kind of break out of a really bad slump after losing to Oklahoma State and then obviously losing to Tech in Lubbock. Um, But, man, the past two games, they they are lucky to be leaving Morgantown with a win. Um, And then Alabama, I, I don't even know what to feel about that Alabama team right now. They, they just lit it up against against this Baylor defense. And so I think that the Bears need to figure something out defensively. I trust the offense. I trust the talent on this roster that they can be the top team in the Big 12, but they've got it to put it together. And I'm going to sound like a hater because I've got Texas Tech second, um, primarily just because, man, I feel like Kansas's ceiling is so high. And just the experience on this roster I think that they're a lot deeper than a lot of people give them credit for. I know that their top five has been like been given the most recognition. Like, hey, this team's got a really good starting five, but that's it. Like on the bench, it really falls off. I think this team's a little bit deeper than people realize. I, I feel like KJ Adams is, is going to emerge into something. Um, just continue to be a reliable source of offense. Um, Remy Martin, when he's healthy, I don't I don't know why Bill Self has not been playing him more. Um, I think that he's a really, really good player. Joseph Yesifu had a good game against Iowa State the other day. Obviously, you don't know how much of that will continue through the season, but he's been solid. Jalen Coleman lands, makes shots. Dewan Harris has his moments. I just feel like there's there's a lot of good pieces on this team, and Ochai Abaji is the best player in the country right now. And so for that reason, I'm I'm just trusting Kansas's ceiling to be the best team in the Big 12 right now. But if you want to go based on body of work, man, it's got to be Texas Tech at this point. I mean, honestly, to, to get the win over Baylor, the win over Texas, the win over Kansas, the win over Iowa State. I mean, the body of work for Texas Tech right now is better than anyone else. And if I want to celebrate the, the depth of Kansas, it wouldn't be right for me to overlook the depth of Texas Tech. I think this is the deepest team in the nation, and I think that they're the best defensive team in the nation. And Texas Tech is a lot better than I think a lot of people think. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like you have three of the top ten teams in the nation in this conference, and I really think it depends on how you want to evaluate um, them as to where you would rank them. Certainly, in terms of conference play and recent play, Tech has been on the best form of anyone in the conference. And I don't think it, that's really much of a debate because Baylor and Kansas have both had games in the last week and week and a half where they've looked like teams that have struggled. Certainly, the game against Kentucky was a big factor for me looking at Kansas. And certainly, that was a little bit questionable. I also think Remy Martin still has his moments where he doesn't look like he's completely healthy yet. And I mean, that's bothersome. But at the same time, when you look at their overall potential, I agree with you. I think that they have a really high ceiling this season. I'm not sure if they ever get to reach it, though, because, I mean, we've been through two-thirds of the season, and they've had limitations with guys being injured by guys being out. And they've just struggled at points, and they've struggled against teams that they really shouldn't be. 
But in terms of raw talent on the roster, I think Kansas probably has the outright most talented roster in the Big 12. But if you're looking at in terms of demonstrated peak so far this season, I think Baylor has to be up there just because a non-conference play against teams like Michigan State and Villanova, they looked a step above anyone else in the country. And I'm not sure exactly what happened since then. I think the Akinjo and um, LJ Cryer have had some sort of regression. Certainly Cryer's been dealing with some injuries. And as a whole, the team's kind of cooled off a little bit on the offensive end. But And defensively, obviously, they've had struggles in Big 12 play. But if you look at how they were playing early on in the season, and even at points in conference play, what they did against Kansas State was really impressive. So I think Baylor's had probably the most demonstrated success. And if you wanted to look at a balanced take of what have they done recently and what do you think they can go going forward, I think they might be a reasonable take at number one. But man, I mean, Texas Tech's demonstrated success in Big 12 play is ridiculously impressive, and it's not getting enough credit. Like, you're talking about a team that has lost three games so far. The three games were against Iowa State, where they were playing with seven guys and essentially ran a three-big lineup for over a fourth of that game, which is a death sentence in the Big 12, unless you're Chris Beard, apparently. Then you've got the loss that they had to Kansas State, which was their fourth game in seven days. And I think that well, that's not necessarily a major excuse. It is something that plays quite a bit into it, considering just how aggressive this team is defensively and how much they rely on energy and hustle to be able to stop teams. And I think that just having those tired legs made an impact there. But even if you want to grant that as a true loss, then sure, that's one loss. Then against Kansas, they were down to the wire now in Fieldhouse, stayed in that game for all 40 minutes and then played 10 extra could have had the win in first overtime, and it took a heroic effort by Oshai Abaji to be able to close that one out. And so, I mean, you look at this type of team, and they could easily be 8-1 and one in, under no, normal circumstances. And then you're talking about a team that's probably top four or five in the country. So, for me, I just think the Tech's body of work so far has been really impressive. And they've done so with really negative shooting variants. I think that Kevin O'Banner is down for some positive regression. If TJ Shannon gets healthy again, that's going to help out the offense quite a bit. Adonis Arms has been a little bit inconsistent. Kevin McCuller had one of the worst starts in conference history in terms of shooting from two-point range, and you know that that's bound to change to some degree because he's not that bad of an offensive player. And then you've got guys like Bryson Williams, who's been ridiculously consistent. Davion Warren, who I think is still yet to find his complete stride offensively. Like The amount of depth and options that this team has – it's really incredible. And the fact that they haven't shot the ball particularly well and are still within arm's length of being top in the conference is really impressive. And so, I mean, I've got to go with Tech at number one. I think that you can make arguments for Kansas and Baylor, but so far what we've seen in conference play and what we've seen throughout the roster, even in spite of some bad luck, you have to say that Tech has been the best team so far. And I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't continue this form. It's more than justified. And my thought line this whole season has been what happens if this team starts making shots. I mean, right now they're 221st in the country in three-point percentage and 253th in three in free throw percentage. My goodness, excuse me. And it's like, what happens if they start making shots? But at this point, we're halfway through the season. They haven't started making shots, and they're still one of the best teams in the country. I mean, just just the way that this team protects the inside the way they find reliable sources of offense, it's nothing short of extraordinary. And I think that Texas Tech has just easily played themselves into the national championship conversation. But those are your Red Raiders. 
I, I know that everyone is enjoying getting a good look at them this season, enjoying the win over Chris Beard in Texas. We will be back tomorrow to preview the game in Morgantown against West Virginia, who might not be with their best players. So that'll be an interesting one to preview, especially considering Texas Tech already has a win against the Mountaineers. I don't know why I forgot their mascot for a second, but man, I guess that's how irrelevant they've been this year. In the meantime, you can follow us on socials. You can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emory at Eraser41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter at Locked On TTU. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen and leave us a review if possible. And if you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure that you do that. We had two live streams on Tuesday to cover all of the Texas Tech basketball action, so you're not going to want to miss any more of that. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.